0: of life, I am the hope in night, I am the door wide open, I am the shepherd's might. I am bread for the world, hope for the hopeless, come to me and I right.
1: Okay, let us uh, quieten our hearts and um, come to Jesus in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dearest Jesus, thank you for bringing us all together once again to listen to your word. We ask, Lord, that tonight we, you help us continue to get to know you more deeply, to understand better who you are, so that we may be guided by your way. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. So, good evening, everyone. Uh, Welcome to our School of the Word. And uh, for those of you who are new to our sessions, my name is Desiree. I'm a disciple of the Verb of Day community. And together with the missionaries, plus Gary, Paula, and Maureen, whom you heard last week, I'll be journeying with you this 2022 during our Wednesday School of the Word. Now, for those of you that have been with us the past three weeks, right, you will know that, as Letty mentioned, we are progressing through the I Am series, which really focuses on Jesus telling us who he is and revealing different facets, revealing different facets of his fundamental identity to us. Now, in the past few weeks, we've come to see how Jesus is the light, how Jesus is the way, how Jesus is the good shepherd, eager and hopeful for us to be his willing sheep. And when I was pondering this I Am series, right, and listening to the song that we just heard, I think what amazed me is that everything that Jesus says he is, every facet of his identity is for us none of his self-acknowledgements are for himself. And they're also not just neutral or passive statements. And by passive or neutral, I mean like it has no relation to any other person or any other thing, right? Like saying, I am smart or I am wise or I am great, right? Those have no relation to anyone else, right? Yet, But every I am of Jesus is for me and for you. Yeah, so imagine Jesus whispering to your heart, I am light for you. I am the way for you. I am the good shepherd for you. And if you wanted to do away with all the nouns and summarize, right, the past few weeks, what Jesus has really been saying to us is very simply, I am for you. I am for you. That is exactly what he's been trying to tell us. And I don't know if you know how significant that is, but I can tell you with absolute certainty that you will never in your life hear any other person say to you, I am for you. They may say, I will be here for you, or I am here for you, but there will never be another person in your life, no parent, no spouse, no friend who will say, And be able to mean the words, I am for you. Because to say, I am for you, is to say that that person exists totally and completely for your sake. That is what Jesus has been telling us, that his identity, who he is, is lived out and exists for us. And as we take that thought, right, and let it settle inside our hearts, this week, Jesus continues on and wants to tell us yet another thing about himself. He wants us to know that he is the bread of life, that he is our bread of life, blessed and broken for me and for you. In John 6, I am the bread of life. Those who come to me will never be hungry. Those who believe in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is telling each and every one of us here tonight very specifically, I am bread of life for you. Will you take and receive? Now, have any of you ever wondered why Jesus came as bread? I mean, how come he didn't come as olives or dates or even as lamb, right? I mean, we know him as a sacrificial lamb, as the lamb of God. But when Jesus came to feed us, He came as bread, not as anything else. The answer is really quite simple. Bread is a staple food. It is the most fundamental and most accessible food, even for the poor, even for those who were in prison. So Jesus came as bread to express not only his desire to fill us, right, to fill our hunger, especially our hunger to be loved, but he also came as bread to tell us who he wants to be for us. He wants to be fundamental in our lives. He wants us to know that he is always accessible, no matter who we are, where we have come from, what we have done, or where we are going from here. But when Jesus came as bread, he also knew one thing, that Rather than any other more grand food, right, or more luxurious food that might be more easily appreciated, he knew that he would likely many a time be taken for granted the way bread so often is, right? Bread may have been a staple food, but it is so often overshadowed at the table by so many other things. It was like that then. It is the same now. I mean, how many of us pick a restaurant to go to because they have great bread, right? Bread is always at the side or as a filler when you wait for the main course. Who puts bread as the main course and have steak as the side dish, right? I mean, I was reading a breakfast menu the other day, bacon and eggs. And then for the side, you get to choose from bread, potatoes, salad, and a whole list of other items. So it's even worse now. Bread isn't even the only side dish anymore. It has in many ways become optional for most people, right? Or for all people. Well, actually, I know two people that are not like that. The exact opposite. My one-year-old niece and my seven-year-old nephew. I have a one-year-old niece who is obviously going to grow up as to be a glutton. She eats almost everything and eats nonstop, right? Right? However, when she sees bread, all other food pales in comparison and she rejects everything else. Once she sees bread, if you try to put anything else in front of her, she'll shake her head or attempt to throw any other food on the floor. Now, my seven-year-old nephew, on the other hand, he cannot eat his meal without tearing a piece of bread and adding it on top. He will add his bread to porridge, to his bowl of noodles, to his spaghetti, it doesn't matter what the main meal is, every spoonful must have a small piece of bread on it. Right? And it's no wonder that Jesus loves the little children, right? because somehow they get it right. Bread to most of us is optional, a side dish or a filler. And when you think about you know, this period of COVID, right? where attending mass in person became much less convenient, It's as if the Eucharist too became optional, rather than staple and fundamental. It's like we were suddenly given a license and reason by both church and our country to choose whether we would receive Christ in the Eucharist or not. I myself am guilty of making Jesus in the Eucharist optional during this period. Right? It's not easy for Jesus, the bread of life, to win this new optional competition, especially in Singapore. Where we are filled with so many more appealing options for how we can live our daily lives, right? Unlike my niece where all things pale in comparison to bread, or my nephew where no dish is complete without bread. And looking at them, I sometimes think, how much must Jesus want to be that precious to us? To have all other things pale in comparison to him. To be unable to do without him In everything we try to take and get out of life. Because it is only then, you know, when he becomes that precious for us, that we truly have life. You know, we we always talk about this word life, right? To have life. And tonight, Jesus says he's the bread of life. And the Bible tells us that he has come to bring eternal life, fullness of life, right? Right? In um, John 6 again, do not work for food that goes bad. Instead, work for the food that lasts for eternal life. This is the food which the Son of Man will give you. Do you know what this word life means? This word life is is such a tricky word because everybody assumes they kind of know what it means and what it is. And everyone assumes everyone else also knows what it is and, and, and what it means. But when I sat down and I thought about it, I realized I'm not completely sure i get it. Because most of the time, I feel like I'm groping in the dark to comprehend this life that Jesus so often speaks about. There's this part of me that sometimes thinks that when one experiences eternal life on earth or fullness of life, there would be this constant sense of fulfillment, right? Or of something inside me always feeling full and complete. this this sense of contentment and peace that comes from living a life of purpose. Yes, of course, I'm not so naive as to think there won't be challenges, but if I'm in the right place, doing the right work, with the right people, doing purposeful and meaningful things, life would generally always have this sense of fullness, right? I would never be burnt out, never feel overburdened, never be depressed or be demoralized. I wouldn't be constantly questioning and feeling anxious. Yet, because life didn't always feel like that, in fact, life mostly never feels like that, um, I would keep searching and searching for something, thinking that maybe God just hadn't led me to it yet, or I was getting it wrong somehow because it never felt the way I thought it should. Life never felt full in that way. But I think one of the things that came about when praying on Jesus as the bread of life is the realization that life does not have to feel full to have fullness of life. Life may not feel full for it to be full. So what is this life that Jesus speaks of? Life is very simply that which comes about That which happens, the moment the heartbeat of love, is at the core of something we think, something we say, something we do. That's all. Life is automatically created in that moment, regardless of how you feel. And the way I say it, it may seem so small and unremarkable. Perhaps as small and unremarkable and unnoticeable, as a grain of wheat that falls to the earth, dies and grows into new life, and then becomes the equally unremarkable bread that is so easily overlooked. When love is at the core of every decision made and every action taken, in those moments, life happens. Irrespective and regardless of how you feel and how it feels, life happens. The more decisions and actions that have love at its core foundation, The more life germinates and grows until we do it so much that all we think, say and do is full of life. That's life. Now I want to share a sort of funny personal story, right? About a week and a half ago, my mom flew to the Philippines to visit my aunt, her sister who's sick, and she'll probably be gone for a few months. Um, Before leaving, my mom asked if I could help her take take care of her miniature rose plants. She she said that she bought those rose plants to grow roses for Mother Mary at her own personal little altar. So she wanted me to take care of them and then cut some roses every few days for Mother Mary. Uh, Just to give you a bit more context to the story, I do not like gardening. I have zero interest in it. And more than that, I do not have green fingers. In fact, I have brown fingers. Most plants turn brown in my care. And my mom knows this because I'm always passing her my plants to be saved and revived. And I know roses are high maintenance you say no to your mother knowing how important it is to her and it's not just one mother right how do you say no to two mothers right it's like my mom knew just how to get me to agree when she threw mother mary into the mix right now my sense of duty had to do double duty so even though in my mind i was thinking can i just put a money plant next to mother mary or a cactus much lower maintenance I'm sure Mother Mary won't mind a money plant. She never struck me as the picky type. But of course, I didn't say that to my mom, right? Instead, for the last 10 days, I found myself in the garden every morning, poking a stick through the soil to see if the soil is moist, which by the way, the stick looks the same all the time to me. I can't tell the difference, but my mom says put the stick in the soil, so fine, that's what I do. I find myself turning leaves over to check for pests, chasing away grasshoppers, and so on and so forth. But you know what? Every morning, life happens for me, the kind that Jesus talks about. Life happens as I attempt to take care of my mom's and Mother Mary's roses. And by my definition, chasing pests and raking through dirt definitely does not constitute fullness of life unfortunately for me, by Jesus' definition, it does. And it's his definition that counts. right? And I was sharing with a friend just a few days ago that if I didn't have Jesus in my life making sense of all these seemingly insignificant things for me, right being my light, showing me the way, guiding me as his sheep, feeding my soul, making these connections about these insignificant things and and showing me that this is what true life is, you know, unremarkable as it might seem, I would be a much more resentful and bitter person, thinking that somehow life isn't happening, when that's not true. Life happens when love happens. Whenever we make love the center of our decision-making, fuel or the fuel of our actions, no matter how big or small the or decision is. And that is why Jesus as the bread of life is so important and why he wants to be fundamental to our lives. You know, all human beings, Christian or not, are capable of making decisions out of love, Are capable of making, are capable of acting out of love. Love isn't exclusive to Christians, but the difference is that with Jesus, that love is magnified, multiplied, fed and nurtured by his own love for us, by his own body and blood. It is fed by his thoughts, by his understanding, fed and grown into real fullness. Not fullness in the way we feel, but fullness in the reality of our lives, which is what really matters. It is a love that starts as a source from outside of us and that is why we can be fed by it, fed from it. That is why it can multiply life inside us and transform us in ways that we don't have the capacity to grow or to multiply life on our own. That is something only Jesus, the bread of life, can give us. And we will find that over time, we become what we eat we become the love that we have received. And so as we move into this time of prayer, let us ponder the gift of Jesus as bread for our lives. You know, perhaps to ask ourselves, how fundamental is Jesus in my life? Have I been living as if he is fundamental or optional? Where and in what way do I need Jesus to feed me? Talk to Jesus about this. He knows whatever your hunger is, whatever your thirst is. And he waits day after day to be bread for you. Um, And so now uh, I'm going to share the passages with you and you can turn off your videos. um, And then we're going to spend about 20 plus minutes in prayer. We'll come back at about 8.50.